Welcome to the Kidmen Huddle, part of the Kids Matter Podcast Network. Gather round, Kidmen leaders, and be encouraged and equipped as you build the kingdom. Now here's your host, Amber Pike. Welcome back to the Kidmen Huddle. It is a beautiful fall morning. The temperatures are cool. I've got my coffee. The kids are still asleep. It's pretty awesome start to the day. A needed, restful start. As you know, Megacon was two weeks ago, and I am still trying to play catch up and get organized. I have just a bag of tasks, paperwork, and things that need my attention and to-do lists and I think there's still mail that needs to be sorted. All sorts of stuff. I have my list going into the weekend. I like to be organized, though my life and house don't always show it. Um, I have an unhealthy obsession with post-it notes and pens and lists. I make a lot of lists. Right now I can see five different lists just sitting in front of me. But I want to springboard off of this idea of organization and how, as a Kidman leader, you need to be organized. Now, I don't necessarily mean you need to have all of your boxes of supplies sorted and labeled. That's amazing. I think you should. However, I would be the biggest hypocrite in the world if I told you that's, you know, the only way to do Kidman. Because right now, I'm still trying to clean up from vacation Bible school in July. Yep. I haven't even cleaned up the craft room yet because I ended up getting COVID and we had RSV and it's been crazy. So I'm taking baby steps. I can now see the floor of the storage room. So that's progress. But I want to talk about organization in your lessons and the importance of being organized to where you can plan. If you attended my breakout at Megacon, or I think I've done a podcast on it, maybe some classes, you may have heard me teaching about the different options I provide in my lessons to maximize the amount of kids that can learn, because everyone learns in different ways. You know this, you've experienced this in your home, with your kids, with your ministry. You might be a visual learner. You need to read it, see it for it to sink in. You might be an auditory learner and you learn best by hearing. Maybe you're kinesthetic and you learn best if it's something you do, you can put your hands on it. But that's just the very tiny tip of the iceberg. There are so many different ways that kids can and do learn. For instance, I am a visual learner. I need to read it. However, I do best when I read it myself. I'm a self-learner. So give me the book. Let me read it. My son is a more kinesthetic. He's going to remember it better if there's something he does. But he's also really sciencey. So if it is something in the science world, animals or the ocean or space, he's going to remember it. He's also one, he doesn't like group work. He's going to learn better by himself. So I'm really intentional with adding in 
lots of different ways that kids can learn, but with options. When you give kids options, it right away cuts out the, no, I don't want to do this. Because not all kids like to do everything. So if you have, all right, we're going to do this craft and we're going to draw a picture, some kids are checking out. Versus, all right, in this activity, you can draw the picture or you can write words. That right there recaptures part of them. So I'll do an activity. And it's a learning activity, not just a for fun activity. And option one, you can do it with a group or you can do it by yourself. Because I realize some kids have a preference. Me, didn't like group work. Versus I know kids that that's all they want is group work. So right off the bat, you can do the activity by yourself or with a group. This works good to pair your littles with your bigs, your non-readers with your readers. Helpful classroom management there. Then the activity, if there is, let's say it's a writing activity. They need to, you know, write down the answers or write something somehow. Well, not all kids can write, and that's not everyone's gift. Some kids can't spell. Some kids, that's, that's just not their thing. So the next option is, all right, you can write it, or you can draw pictures. You've just captured a whole other group. Some kids are the, that aren't smart. They thrive on pictures. If you are organized and intentional, you can take a simple activity and you can expand upon it, providing options to where you reach a bunch of different kids. So maybe while they're doing this one activity, you've also got music on and the music is reinforcing what they're doing for the music kids. Or you add activities where you're sports kids or your nature kids or uh, your dance kids. I mean, there's so many different smarts and intelligences out there. And it doesn't really take a lot of effort to try to involve them. You just got to be organized, which means you need to go over the lesson in advance. Um, probably more than just Saturday night or Sunday morning when you get there. Do it at least a couple days in advance, even if you're using a curriculum. I know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone. If it is a curriculum we're using that I know it's solid, I don't necessarily read the lesson super far in advance. I'll check it a couple days in advance. Every once in a while, I'll check it the night before and grab what I need for the lesson to make it work. But if you know it's solid, you're not pouring over it to, to check. But... In order to maximize learning for all kids, be organized and plan in advance and make a couple of tweaks, whether you're writing your lessons or you're using a purchase curriculum, just a couple of simple tweaks can really make it to where the maximum amount of kids can be retaining the maximum amount of information. So maybe you need to add in a wiggle break. Because you know this is solid stuff, but that's a lot of sitting. Or maybe you're going to make the review game a little more active. Maybe you need to add in a song to help them memorize this scripture. 
or you're going to involve science somehow for the science kids. Do a little research on different learning styles and do research on your kids. If all of your kids hate music, you might not need to incorporate as much music into your lesson. Right now, we have a lot of non-readers. So I'm shifting to where we don't have a lot of, all right, write me, da 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 because most of them can't. So we're moving more towards pictures. We did an activity on Wednesday. I actually had the teens with me as well. And they had to draw out the Bible in pictures. Your little ones can do this but so can big ones. But I, again, I gave the option. You can use words if pictures aren't your thing. So I encourage you to do a little more research on learning styles and on learning smarts. That's a thing. My mom, when she was reading something I was writing, she's like, what are you talking about? Learning smarts. It's a thing. It's different ways that you learn. And there are so many different ways that people, not just kids, learn. From the the big three being the kinesthetic, the auditory, and the um, visual learning. To where then you get into all of these other things through peers, by yourself, through music, through dance, through words, through art, through science, math. Did you know there's a math learning thing? Totally not me. But do a little research. Do a little um, investigation, maybe hit up the I Love Kidman Facebook community and find out some different ways you can involve all of these different learnings and make it your little personal goal to try to involve as many as possible in each lesson. It takes planning. It takes a little bit of organization and a lot of bit of intentionality, but I promise it's worth it. We don't spend the time preparing and planning just because that's the fun thing to do. We have a goal. The goal is to teach boys and girls about Jesus. We want them to listen. We want them to retain this information. So let's do it in a way that's going to make sense for them. And remember, Kidman leaders, what you do matters.